0: Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another
1: edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast, with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Ivecast brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's another game day edition of the HHC. Hornets are on the road still visiting the Miami Heat. Actually, the final meeting of the campaign between these two division rivals. Hornets have dropped the first three, hoping to avoid getting swept in South Beach tonight. We'll have our game preview. Talk about the return of LaMelo Ball. He almost made some Hornets franchise history, did make quite a bit of personal history in that return to play in San Antonio. We'll give you the details on it. And a segment somewhat inspired by a recent development in the NFL. C.J. Stroud of the Houston Texans taking them from kind of worst or worst-ish to, not first, but to playoff success. Why doesn't that happen more often in the NBA? Or does it? We'll talk about all these topics with our special guest today. He's the Senior for Hornets.com and part of every Two Sam's edition of the HHC, the great Sam Perley, here with us once again. Sam, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Of course. Thank you for having me, as always.
1: Always thrilled to have you. Let's start off with some good news for the Hornets, and that is the return of LaMelo Ball. This has clearly been a long time coming. He missed 20 games with the ankle sprain, uh, a very, very long layoff that certainly hurt the Hornets quite a bit. If you look over the expansive now- stretch of games where the Hornets have lost 19 out of 22 20 of those came without Lamelo ball so clearly his absence had a significant impact on the team but almost immediately he hits the ground running and is able to put up a for him special night uh i guess for normal well maybe for him it's not that special 28 points uh kind of slightly above average overall but the way he got there certainly was special a career high 15 made free throws in this one finally started getting some calls I think you know the inexperience of some guys on San Antonio having to handle a player of his physical abilities and his ability to change speed obviously was difficult for the Spurs and even though collectively the Hornets did not perform well LaMelo Ball had a lot of positives particularly his ability to get to the line and uh, you being the curator of all things Hornets history found a stat that he almost set a franchise record with
0: absolutely and uh, just to touch kind of quickly on the game and and then getting into the historical context uh, portion of it, uh, really encouraging. I, I thought, you know, sometimes when guys come back from such a long layoff and, you know, he basically missed what would be a quarter of the season when it's all said and done. And, uh, you know, I mentioned last or on yesterday's podcast that uh, you know maybe this is something, it, you know, unfortunately he, he kind of knows how to get back into that rhythm. He's he's missed a, a handful of big stretches in the last year and a half or so, so really good to see him be aggressive and that's what you want to see, a guy coming off a long layoff like that. You don't want to see any sort of tentativeness or uh, unwillingness to shoot or make plays and, and to be thinking about the injury that didn't even look like he was thinking about the injury at all, so uh, something that we've kind of focused on the last year, year and a half since He's made the all-star team is, you know, when is LaMelo going to start getting some of these all-star calls? You know, he, he felt like he's, he's really made a part of his game to be aggressive, to get downhill, to drop contact, to get fouls. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, there was a lot of games earlier this year where it felt like he should be going to the line eight, nine, ten times a game. So uh, last night was kind of out of nowhere. He, you know, set career highs for 15 made free throws and 16 16 attempts, I think if the game hadn't been so out of hand when he was pulled there in the start of the fourth quarter, around about 9.30 to go, so he could have uh, again, very much a silver lining. I will preface that. But uh, franchise record 18 made free throws, co held by Larry Johnson and Johnny Newman. Uh, both did it in the 91 92 range, two different seasons back to back. So, definitely something that maybe you can keep an eye out for. I know 15 16 free throw attempts in a game is a big number, but uh, it was really good to see what he was doing in order to get to that number, being aggressive getting some calls that I think he deserved and showing no sort of hesitancy or tentativeness given how much time he's had off.
1: Yeah, he definitely went straight into attack mode and definitely individually had a strong offensive performance, even though collectively things did not go well for Charlotte in that loss to San Antonio, 135-99, to the final score. Lamelo did make a little bit of team history. He climbed not one but two rungs on the franchise's all-time leaderboard for career-made threes, passing his teammate PJ Washington, as well as former Hornet Glenn Rice. He's now in the top five once again in that category, and he'll begin his pursuit of some of the leading three-point shooters in franchise history once more. You mentioned already the individual accolade that he almost approached there of free throws made in a single game, and and I think when it comes to LaMelo, I think the records are almost unlimited that he can attack, but the one that comes most easily to mind for something that Probably would end up being in his wheelhouse for a single game accomplishment, would have to be on the assist side, perhaps on the three side. Both of those, I think, are things that he could accomplish at some point. The three point record is 10, it's been done by four different. Hornets or, or Bobcats in franchise history. For assists, it's 20 in a game. That was done by Brevin Knight at Cleveland back in the 2005 season. So both of these, I think, are within range. He's had a career best of eight made threes in the contest. He's had a career best of 15 assists in a contest. Do you think either of those are maybe or maybe is one more likely than the other to go down this season?
0: If I had to pick one, I would say the threes. Just because 20 assists, I mean, that's a big number. You see guys in the NBA that can get to 10 or 11 threes. They just have a a crazy hot scoring night or shooting night. Uh, And we've seen 10. uh, I'm looking at the record book right now. It doesn't have the names, but off the top of my head, I want to say it's Kemba, Terry, maybe Kelly Oubre and like Devontae Graham all hit 10 in a game. Um, I don't, I don't, I just says four times in the media guide, but uh, I think it's some combination of those guys or maybe I'm missing somebody, but the assist is tricky because just because, you know, you have to, with how good LaMelo is scoring, he's obviously going to take a lot of shots and it's Brevin Knight going back was not necessarily the kind of guy that was going to score 25 or 30 points a game. You know, he was a guy that was going to set up, you know, teammates and stuff like that. Kind of like Rajon Rondo when he had all those high assist totals. So I would say the three-pointers just because the 20 assists is a tough one just because you've got to sort of rein back the scoring a little bit and also get a lot of made shots from your teammates. And not just saying the Hornets can't do that, but it's just something that it's another factor in the equation. So I will say if I had to take one, I would say he could break the single-game three-point record before the assist record
1: well we'll see maybe one of those ends up falling tonight hornets continue their road trip they'll visit the miami heat we'll have it covered for you of course on the hornets radio network in our flagship station 92.7 sports radio wfnz the game will be televised on valley sports southeast with the great eric collins del curry and ashley Shamedy on the call and the following day, we'll have another edition of the Hornets hivecast to break it down. But before we get to our game preview here on this edition of the HHC, I want to talk about a recent phenomenon that we've seen on the NFL side of things. CJ Stroud, number two overall pick of the Houston Texans, taking them from almost worse to not first, but to playoff success. It doesn't feel like that happens very often. In the NBA, we're going to look back at the last couple of years, see if there's an example or two that maybe Charlotte could still follow this season. There is still time. Hartmans did drive Brandon Miller second overall, and just in general, does that happen in the NBA? We'll talk about it with Sam Purley next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam Farber, Sam Perley here with you on the HHC the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. Uh we're all huge sports fans here on the Hornets Hivecast. Basketball first and foremost, but we're certainly aware of what's going on in the NFL which prompted this topic here today. Uh yesterday, Sam Perley, we took in a lot of the wild card action in the NFL and one player who really blew up was cj stroud in an incredible performance for the houston texans they did have home field advantage against the browns but man did he light up the scoreboard and it got me thinking he's a number two overall pick clearly the impact of quarterback seems to be greater uh, than on any other position in any other sport but even with that being said it seems like it happens more often in football for a team to go from top two three five pick in the NFL draft to not just making the playoffs but winning in the NBA it doesn't feel like it happens very often did crunch the numbers on the last couple of seasons but first want to get your thoughts on that phenomenon Uh, CJ Stroud or not do you feel like In other sports, particularly uh, the NFL compared to the NBA, it is easier to not just make the playoffs but find success there in a quick turnaround type of fashion.
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting question. It got me thinking when you sent it over right before we started recording, and, and I think you make a good point that the quarterback is such a centric position more so. I mean, he's always going to be on the field for the offense. Um, Whereas, uh, you know, a younger or NBA player is going to go to the bench at times. Uh, You also have to factor in that usually when these quarterbacks are coming in or any high level player or something like that, they're going to be 21, 22, 23 years old. They've been developed. They've had a lot of reps in college. Most of them are coming from pro-style systems, whereas NBA players are generally coming in a little bit younger. They're 18, 19. They're not nearly as physically developed. There's a whole bunch of different systems, whether it's college, whether it's G league Unite, whether it's overtime elite, or they're coming from international programs overseas, leagues like that. Uh, there's a lot more of a variance of background. So, whereas you're, when mostly you're drafting guys in the NFL, they're all coming from basically the same pool of players. They're coming from Division One, high level Division One NCAA programs, whereas basketball, there's just so much variability and you are dealing with guys that are a lot younger not nearly as physically developed and things like that so uh, it is interesting to think about if there's going to I mean we saw it you know we're seeing it this year that uh, even if you get that big guy like the Spurs have gotten with Victor Wembanyama, you know he's obviously a generational franchise altering talent but you have to build the team out around him whereas in the NFL you can get the quarterback in there and if you've got a great line and you've got great running back and receivers that can kind of elevate him and kind of work collectively. And you've got a great defense that can keep the other team scoreless. And, you know, it's it's different because you got specialized players in the NFL. You've got guys that only play offense, only play defense, whereas in the NBA, everybody plays the same thing. So I think there's just a lot more variability and a lot more ways things can go awry in the NBA, whereas the NFL, it's built to parity. There's a little bit more parity. In the NFL, the injury rate is obviously tremendously higher, and you can see a lot more leveling out than you can see in the NBA.
1: I think that's true, and and even though quarterback in the NFL seems to be, it really is the most important position of any in any sport, that person's impact uh, compared to, say, a star on an NBA team, they're somewhat equitable. I mean, an NBA star is going to take the lion's share of the shots, going to be on the floor, both ways can impact offense and defense Uh, I, I think there's certainly an argument to be made that the superstar for any NBA team is as valuable and as impactful and as important if not more so than the quarterback in the NFL if for no other reason than they're playing on both sides of the ball did look it up last couple of seasons there have been three examples of teams that were not in the postseason so they were picking in the lottery or at least were supposed to and then the following year not just made the playoffs but won there and one interesting wrinkle here two of them are teams led by hall of famers one was the golden state warriors in 2022 obviously things bottomed out with injuries for that roster when they got healthy they started making runs again so steph curry and the splash brothers leading golden state in 2022 even though they had missed the postseason the previous year they were the only team that of the eight that advanced in the playoffs who was not in the postseason the prior season 2023, somewhat similar. Two of the eight teams that advanced were new. One was the New York Knicks, who you know came together with a, a different kind of core last year. Uh, certainly the addition of Brunson made a big impact on that team and overall health. But the other one was the L.A. Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who not too far in the rearview mirror had won a championship. So it is very difficult in the NBA to make that kind of jump. One last thought on this. Uh, there were three big-time Prospects, so we were told, going into the last NBA draft. Victor Wembanyama, Scoot Henderson, and of course, Brandon Miller. It is interesting to note that all three of those teams have 10 or fewer wins at this stage of the game. With San Antonio, I think that's a little bit because even though they've drafted in the lottery the last couple of years, they really haven't identified that core to surround Victor, and based off your earlier statement, Sam, I think you might agree. Portland has had some guys who have had a lot of NBA time and have had some success on that team but for whatever reason it's not working just yet uh, regardless of what role Scoot Henderson plays over there for the Hornets we continue to ring that bell the injuries are the main issue and even with getting LaMelo back Charlotte has still been down two to three starters, at minimum four rotation players, it has been very difficult to get this team on the floor to really figure out how good they actually are.
0: Yeah, totally, totally agree. And uh, I think it kind of circles back to the point where, you know, especially in the, if you look at the NFL, you're going to have 11 players on the field at one time, whereas the NBA, you only have five. If you take out one of those guys, uh, or in the Hornets' case, or some of these other teams' case, if you take out one of those guys I and mean, it shifts the entire Operation with the ball dominant, You've got this guy doing this thing, and everyone's roles kind of fluctuate just a little bit. Whereas I think more, and I could be way off base on this because I don't, I don't work in the NFL, don't follow, I mean, I follow the NFL, but you know, don't know as intricately as maybe the NBA, but you know, you lose guy and it's, it's, there's more of a kind of next man up kind of thing. I'm just, you know, you lose a receiver. Uh, okay, the you know the next receiver on the depth chart, he's going to go up. I can I can be way off base on this, but it feels a lot more so in the NBA. Is if you lose a guy, okay, now we've got to slide this guy over to play point guard. Uh, you know, we've got to slide this guy over. Now we're going to be too small. Now we've got to play this guy at center. And there's a lot more kind of like maneuvering around when you lose guys because of injuries. Whereas it feels like in the NFL, when you have 11 guys on the field and you lose one. And you keep your other 10, even though, again, I know the injury rate is, is much, much higher in the NFL, that um, you can kind of work through it a little bit more or you can do things like that. I mean, the Texans, I mean, CJ Stroud even missed three games this year. I mean, that's uh, with a concussion, I think. And if you look at it on NBA scale, that's a, a um, you know, what is that? Fifth of the season. I mean, that's a pretty significant amount, it's like missing 15, 20 games in the, in the NBA. Uh, and the other thing, too, that I think helps in the NFL is you also have division winners. So you can make the playoffs as a – you have to be better than the other three teams, whereas the NBA, you've got to be you know guaranteed top six in the conference or win one of the play-in games. And I, I think it was this year um, – I'm not looking at the NFL standings right now, but I think it was the Rams might have won the NFC West at 9-7, and seven. And the uh, the team that finished last in mean, the AFC North, the Bengals, was also nine and seven. So there, there's a if you find the right year, you know the Texans had an opportunity. They won their division. They were nine and seven. C.J. Stroud did a great job his rookie year, and they were able to you know take advantage. But that's something I think helps too is is having the division winners just get in. You can go win one game. If they were in a situation where the Texans are playing the, the Browns or somebody or the Ravens for a span of four games. Or you have to win four out of seven might be a little bit different. So that's kind of overall how I'm, uh, I'm seeing that a little bit. I know it could be way off base with some of the NFL stuff, but, uh, real quick on the, it was the Bengals were nine and eight finished last in the AFC North. The Seahawks were nine and eight and missed the playoffs in the NFC West and they finished third. So yeah it's it's interesting definitely for sure saints too nine and eight finished tied for first in the nfc south and lost the tiebreaker so it matters what division you're in
1: it does indeed hopefully uh, by the end of this season we'll get a healthy run for the hornets and see them having their own cj stroud like story brandon miller being at the heart of a hopeful turnaround here for charlotte could start tonight hornets are visiting the miami heat we'll have a game preview for you next here on the hornets hivecast Sam Farber, Sam Purley here with you on the HHC. The Hornets I've cast brought to you by Senta. Hornets squaring off against the Miami Heat tonight. We are going to try and refrain from talking too much about injuries because there is still a lot of time players to make a return but just so you are up to date with the latest we have here for the hornets gordon hayward and mark williams are listed as out brandon miller with the back injury suffered last game in san antonio as well as pj washington currently listed as doubtful cody martin frank are both questionable miami also dealing with some injuries as of late Uh, they've got a couple of guys who are on the doubtful side including jimmy butler who has been dealing with a, a bit of a hip joint sprain or a right first MP joint sprain, red hip at first. He's got a sprain of some kind, so Jimmy Butler is dealing with that. Other players who are currently listed as questionable include tyler hero and kevin love so that is not exactly a completely healthy roster on the other side for the heat although i would still argue healthier than charlotte has been as of late sam Perley, you know how these work we need players to watch for both sides as well as a statistic to watch where would you like to begin
0: I will start with a Hornet player to watch, and just as you said, that Jimmy Butler injury. As I was looking at as well, I looked up the word. Uh, It is something in his foot. The word is like twenty letters long. I can't pronounce it. I'm not going to try and butcher it here. But it seems like it is a foot related sprain of some kind. And I didn't think the NBA injury people wanted to to write out MP as well. They just abbreviated it. So there you
1: um, go. I I I should have just gone with the old hockey. Sorry, I should have gone with the old hockey terminology. Just said lower body injury. But uh, there you go. So he he is doubtful. For this one.
0: Yes, foot related, something in the foot uh, based on what's popping up on the Google images. So uh, Hornet player to watch. With Brandon Miller being doubtful, Cody Martin being questionable, I think this opens a opportunity again for Bryce McGowan. He's kind of been a little bit, you know, he's gone from starting to not playing at all, to being in a rotational role, kind of depending on who's been available ahead of him. And a uh, little bit of a slump lately. You know, I think from the uh, back four games of the road trip, or I guess the, all the Kings and Bulls games, uh, those four games back to back to back to back to back uh didn't play super well only had totaled 11 points Was shooting real great uh got into the san antonio game the other night when brandon went down took advantage of his minutes Had 12 points uh shot five of seven Hit one of his two three-pointers Hit a free throw and had a steal so it was good to see bryce kind of take advantage of those wing minutes opening a little bit it's again kind of fluctuating all over the place been in and out of the starting lineup things of that nature. So uh, I'm going to go with Bryce McGowan. Hopefully last night or excuse me, Friday night was an opportunity to kind of get a good performance under him. He had 12 points against the the heat back in November. So maybe there's something there, but be good to see Bryce kind of get on back on track tonight. Uh, especially with the Hornets kind of needing some wing depth.
1: I'm going to go with the point guard, LaMelo Ball. I, I think this one is tailor-made for him, even though he looked to be operating better than most players do for their first came back. I think he would be the first to say he has another gear that he can still tap into. Didn't shoot the ball particularly well overall from the floor from three, five for 14 overall, three for nine from three. Of course, got to the line a record amount of times for himself, 15 made free throws. Uh, but this seems to be a game that's tailor-made for him. For one, he's had Success against the Heat before, 28 points in the one matchup he had earlier this season against Miami. But furthermore, uh, the Heat, as of last game when they beat Orlando 99-96, to did not have a traditional point guard out there on the floor. Their starting lineup, because of all of their injuries, was Adebayo, High Highsmith, Duncan Robinson, Jaime Hawkins Jr. I don't know which one of those guys is supposed to keep up with LaMelo Ball, but I'm pretty sure LaMelo is supposed to have the advantage. Now, there is at least a good chance that Kyle Lowry returns. He's probable coming back from a left-hand sprain, but he's a smaller guard, and we have seen LaMelo, particularly this season, when available. He has thrived when he has that kind of height mismatch in his favor. For all the great things Kyle Lowry does, he is going to be at a tremendous height disadvantage compared to LaMelo. That tends to mean big games for the Hornets' star guard. Where would you like to go next, a stat to watch or a heat player to watch?
0: I will go heat player to watch, and my heat player to watch is going to be Duncan Robinson started the game on Friday in place of Tyler Hero. He's kind of been in and out of the starting lineup all all season as needed. If he's not starting, he's one of the first guys off the bench. Um, He is averaging 21.7 points on 55% shooting and 53% from three-point range in three games against the Hornets this season. They've had their hands full with him. He's been really, really good this year. Uh, He's getting back to the player that Miami saw when they took him as a, you know, undrafted two-way player back in 2018, 19, uh, he was really good from that 19, 20, 21 range. And the past two years have been kind of a, a struggle for him. He's been hurt. He's been out of the rotation completely. And, uh, and credit to him, he, he's kind of gotten his career, uh, and his game back on track. He's still quite young. It wasn't like he was on his way out of the league, but, um, Has been really, really good this year. I think he's shooting close to 40% again from three. Very, very efficient. 14, 15-something points per game overall. So, uh, definitely played well against the Hornets this year. And somebody they're going to have to keep a a watchful eye on, particularly if some of these other top-heat guys like Jimmy Butler and, and you know Tyler Hero are unavailable to go again tonight.
1: Yeah, I like the pick. He's definitely someone you cannot give a lot of daylight to. And Charlotte saw last game with uh, Doug McDermott, who is also a prolific three-point shooter. He got going. That completely put the game out of reach. Duncan Robinson has similar abilities. I'll go with Bam Adebayo, the lone all-star who's still been running consistently the last uh, few games here for Miami. He had another big one in their win over Orlando, 21 points, 11 rebounds. Also seven assists with the point guard Kyle Lowry out, Butler out hero out all these guys out recently they're playing more and more through Bam Adebayo I'm not saying he is necessarily a Nikola Jokic but he does have a lot of all-around game and they seem to be playing more through him and quite frankly it's still working they beat a very good Orlando team in their most recent run so Bam Adebayo what he brings offensively defensively Definitely a focal point for this team, and stars win games. Uh, As of now, he's probably the biggest star on the floor. LaMelo can have something to say about that, but with what Bam Adebayo has accomplished, I think that's more than fair to put him in that category. He's definitely going to be my player to watch here for the Heat. Last but not least, we need a stat to watch.
0: Yeah, my stats to watch is going to be turnovers. Hornets really struggled in this area with a lot of the disorganization, some of the messiness, rotations. I think we're a little bit off on Friday night in San Antonio. They had 19 turnovers and only 22 assists. Anytime those numbers are that close, usually not a very good thing. So uh, they need to keep the turnovers down tonight, and it's not going to be easy against a Miami team. That is forcing the 11th most opposing turnovers in the NBA right now first three games this season for the Hornets against the Heat they have totaled uh, I think it's 49 turnovers in three games and I think they're season high they have a 21 turnover game in one of them which is a season high and another one with 18 so uh, they have to keep the turnovers down Heat are very very physical they're very good with their hands they get in the passing lanes they're very disruptive uh, and they get into it. you, and you got to respond to it and you know just kind of where the Hornets are at with the depth stuff and the, the offense has kind of been a little spotty uh, they can't be afforded giving possessions away so but this is one they really, really got to bunker down. They cannot be as haphazard with the ball as they were against the Spurs the other night. You know,
1: One thing that's interesting about turnovers, sometimes we, we get sucked in by looking at where the teams rank in the NBA and don't pay enough attention to some of the details on it. And one thing I think is interesting about turnovers, Miami's a top 10 team in terms of reducing turnovers, only 13.2 per game. That's 10th best in the NBA. Charlotte is just on the edge of being a bottom 10 team. But they averaged 13.9, so it's very, very minute the difference between being a top 10 team and being a bottom 10 team is one extra turnover per game. It makes all the difference. But I am going to piggyback on your stat, and I'm going to look at fast break points for this one. Despite the fact that Miami is a pretty darn good team about turning you over, they are a very bad team about fast break points on the Hornet side, they also haven't been very good about fast break points, but they've also played without LaMelo ball for 20 of the last 30 some games, uh, uh, 20 of the last 21 games, beg your pardon. So, I think LaMelo in that particular category can have a huge impact and because it is such a deficient thing, For Miami, particularly with all of these injuries, this is an area where he can really put his imprint on the game and hopefully guide the Hornets to a win. Either way, we'll have it covered for you tomorrow on the HHC. Rob Longo, back in the anchor chair for that one. Sam Purley, always great to talk to you here on the Hornets Hivecast.
0: Of course. Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks to Sam. Thanks to Rob Longo, our producer, for putting this podcast together. Most of all, thanks to all of you for tuning in. For everybody here, I'm Sam Farber, saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast.
0: Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage,
1: visit Hornets.com.